and we're off. How do we do this? <laughs> Take off. Yeah. <laughs> Segway. To it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We used to sing. You know, it's all in the, we'll fix it in post. Welcome to the Poet Salon, a podcast where we talk to poets over a drink we've prepared especially for them. I'm Gabrielle Bates. I'm Vuji Tahat. I'm Luther Openly Black Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, we had a beautiful, wide-ranging conversation with genius Tommy Blount about museums, Michigan, and men. For this episode... We're geeking out with him about the poem Interlude by Spencer Reese. Interlude by Spencer Reese. We are two men on a park bench in Palm Beach, oblivious to the two men who start their truck with that boy from the bar inside, dragging him in the dark to the fence, strapping him with a rope to a post in Laramie, Wyoming, where he freezes and dies over five days. My dear, it is late. The Flagler Museum is shut. Stay with me, remain here with me. So why, why did you bring in this poem for us to talk about? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I was in, okay, so I was in Stratford um, Ontario for like one of my theater runs like three years ago and um, and I had heard of Spencer Reese before and I found his book uh, The Clerk's Tale um, and was blown away right and then I got to but I got to that poem and I was like wait wait hold on wait 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 um Susan Mitchell, okay, so Susan Mitchell has, the poet Susan Mitchell, she has this sort of mini essay um, that she wrote on something called, that she calls innerness. And she used this um, Gustav, uh, I think it's Gustav Corbet, Corbett painting called The Source of the Lue or the Lou. And um, basically the painting is like, there's like a cave, it's like a dark circle in the middle of the painting. And it's a cave and the, the, the river's sort of rushing out of it. Um, so essentially the painting has like a hole in the middle of it. And so in that essay, she talks about, um, she talks about how the painting is, um, has this simplicity to it, but when you poke at it, there's more questions. So she talks about like, had she had gone in and shined a light into the cave, it would have ruined the painting, right? Because the fact that there's this question in the painting that, that once you probe into the painting. So this poem, 
did that same thing for me. It's like this little simple little 10 line little um, poem um, that I was like, I was at first I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. Um, it was heartbreaking um, in how fast it went, right? But then also it's, it's, it's sort of, um, it does all the things that I love about lyric poems or poems working in lyric mode, um, where it breaks the sort of physics of the real world. Um, it breaks the laws of the real world. Time is whatever. Um, uh, the way the speaker is both um, omniscient and oblivious, um, the way he is, um, he's local, but he's global. Um, the way the poem sort of is, is exists in like a moment, but like there's also this over five days that happens in the poem too. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just stunning. And like 10 lines just, you know, thrills me. Yeah, and then also I want to say this too. Um, I'm like a sentence freak um, when it comes to poems. Um, so what, what he does with the sentence, they're like, there's only like five sentences. And like the first sentence is, it goes for like one, two, three, four, five, six, six, six and a half, six lines, right? Um, and then it sort of stops once um, Matthew Shepard is killed. That's what, that's what we're talking about in the poem. Once Matthew Shepard dies, that sentence ends. And, um, and then after that, uh, there's like a measuredness to how the sentence rolls out. Um, so there's that, that emotional, um, that sort of emotional resonation that, that happens on that level too. Um, and then it has this like sonnet-ness. Um, there's these rhymes in it uh, that I didn't pick up on until I read it yesterday, um, like park bench and palm bench and dragging him and strapping him. Um, uh, yeah, it's just all of these little, little things. But again, that innerness, like I, the, the, the more I keep poking at this poem, the more questions there are in it, the more things I keep finding in it. Um, yeah. I think so much of like, what we were talking about even in the previous conversation of like ambivalence and like being able to hold like so many things like at once, mm -hmm. like really resonant. And I love like, your read your like your read of the syntax too right there's this like almost like self-realization that's happening in the syntax like with that one really long sentence like it feels like there's sort of this impulse to leave like the speaker sort of impulse mm -hmm. to leave, project mm -hmm. right it starts with this like really intimate um experience on the park bench in palm beach but then like within like that same sentence you know you're flung to wyoming and matthew shepherd um you know to his death and then like the syntax like becomes really self-aware, right? Stay here, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> the, like the museum is shut, like stay with me, remain yeah. here. 
there's this like real clear, clear like distillation that is happening, like pushing against. Yeah, and it's like it's again, it's that it's that it's that um, that uh, omniscience that that I'm like, how is he pulling this off? Because mm -hmm. like the speaker isn't supposed to know that this other thing is happening. Like you're in, you're here. Mm -hmm. How do you know this other thing is happening? But it works, you know, it just, it's just, and I can't, I can't explain why it's working so well. Um, but it, yeah, it might be, it, it, it is because of that, um, the, sent, the sentence, the syntax too. Um, um, yeah. To be such a short poem, I feel like I could just unpack it for hours like you were just you know like you started off saying just the more time you spend with it the more you see but you know on initial reads I'm so struck by how many different kinds of pairings and uh -huh. rhymes and duos uh, and, and like revisions and echoes uh -huh. that he's able to pack into this 10 uh -huh. line poem. Uh -huh. I mean, we start with the more obvious, just like straight up repetitions of two men, two men, uh -huh. but also that rhyme that you pointed out in that first couplet with Park Bench and Palm Beach, we get, oh my gosh. And then even like that last line that says, stay with me, remain here with me. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it's basically saying yes. the same thing twice. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and this is related to my fascination with how this speaker as a gay man is forming a sort of alliance with the murderers of the gay boy, Yeah, yeah. which is so unnerving That's, to me and so fascinating. Yeah, yeah. It's that, yeah, it, because it's that, and, and, and it's all because of that, the two men, the two men, you know, that echo. Um, he's drawing that relationship there. Um, yeah, and the poem itself is like, I always look at it as um, a love poem that's interrupted by elegy. Mm. Um, um, Cause it has these sort of elegiac couplets, you know, moving through there. Um, which is, which I always see as that interlude that the, the title promises, maybe, maybe not, I don't know. Um, yeah. I think the, the poem is so unnervingly intimate. Like okay. everything about the poem is intimate. Like even oh. the idea of the two men being on the bench, the two men together with this boy strapping him in so that their bodies touching in very intimate ways. I can imagine um, a silence outside of this happening. The dragging of the boy is very, very intimate. It's in couplets, which is a very intimate form and structure, uh -huh. right? Um, the, the, the language is intimate, right? My dear, it is late. Stay with me, remain here with me, right? The intimacy of the idea of an interlude being kind of like closing or a pause in something, or just kind of a space, that intimate feeling between that. It's just, it's very, very unnerving because it's all focused around the killing of this boy, right? Uh -huh. It's all focused around actually somebody's death and not just like death, a murderous death, right? A, an actual hate crime, like somebody going out of the way to murder somebody, but it's still very, very intimate. And for me, that's very, 
this seems very impossible to accomplish, I feel like, right? And even the intimacy of mm-hmm, the first mm-hmm. sentence, right, with the with the pairing, as uh, Gabby, you were talking about, with the sounds y'all were talking about, but then, like, the sound stopping after the boy dies, like, like yeah. my dear, it is late, right? Mm-hmm. The Flagler Museum is shut. Stay with me. Like, all that, everything after when the boy dies, it's no longer... It's still the same type of tone, but the music uh-huh. dies. The music is yeah. gone, right? And so, like yeah. the interlude is actually in the ending of the poem, where mm. nothing is happening, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. to me, that's mm-hmm. that's also that's also very unnerving to me. It's like, wait, <clears throat> you're telling me this poem is an interlude, but actually, no, the interlude is actually happening at the very, mm-hmm. very end. And we must mm-hmm. stay here in this interlude to understand what's happening, and that mm-hmm. is that is. A, like, how did you how how did you do that? Like, how did you actually accomplish all these things in ten lines? Yeah, that that's what oh, gets wow. me. Oh, Luther, you're so smart. Yeah, I I yeah I see I see that now. The interlude is being at the the ending. Ah, yeah. Um, cause it is so like it's so measured. Like, ugh, that ending is just so measured to me. It just breaks my heart. Um, yeah. I, um, yeah. Mm. I also kind of want to talk about like the structure and, and I think Tommy, you said it, how it's like almost um, sonnet-like. It's mm-hmm. also like very hustle-like too. Like the the, the way mm-hmm. the, the lines and the couplets the rhyme. end, yeah. the rhyming, right? And then even yeah. even ending with me as like possibly a name, like how guzzles, yeah. how guzzles do, like, like that is, uh, yeah. that is like, that's genius, right? That's mm-hmm. very, very mm-hmm. genius. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and like, yeah, I, I, I'm so glad you said that because like, I'm thinking about now, like, cause I'm stuck on, cause I'm stuck on, you know, the, the, the tone of love, you know, and um, I know that guzzles or huzzals or how do you say that? I say guzzle, um, you know, they, weren't they traditionally like, uh, like love or unrequited love or something like that? Where, um sort of thrust of the form um like certainly in the ecstatic like yeah 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 i'm really interested too like i think part of the alliance to that gabby's talking about and and tommy your read of like you know it's a love poem that's sort of interrupted by elegy i'm like maybe like the negative of that too is like there's this like Right, the violence sort of perpetrated by these two men is like also like interrupted by a deep intimacy that like mm-hmm. like purely male, mm-hmm. right? like mm-hmm. like males, and so like and like that sort of alliance and that sort of like troubling like both sides mm-hmm. as a way to equate it as a way to create some sort of alliance like feels mm-hmm. really. Um, it also feels like really risky right uh-huh, like it feels uh-huh, so hot uh-huh. and just like it feels like such a daring thing to do um and that it doesn't sort of it doesn't do it in any way that's simple right it's it like it it, it does it in a way that again sort of like asks a deeper question about like what are the many ways that like the that we are connected right uh-huh. even if, like we're experiencing things from like just like vastly different ends yeah, connected. And I feel like it's becoming an increasingly common question or concept in poetry, trying to figure out how to make a speaker 
complicit in something mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the page. I feel like more and more people are grappling openly with that question. And I'm just, yeah, I'm still wrestling with like why this speaker feels complicit in this violence and how much of that is just the obliviousness. Yeah. And, it, it, and how much is something else and, and something that's not in the poem that's outside of the poem, but that I think adds some resonance is when you know that these men lured Matthew Shepard out of a bar by pretending to be gay. Mm-hmm. And so that's like another sort of horrific echo that that's haunting this poem. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm so curious about this it's, move to like make himself complicit in this violence mm-hmm, when he mm-hmm. is the one in danger of that sort of violence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's almost like, it's almost like a, 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 what do you call it? A self-flagellation or, you know, like a, 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 a penance, you know? Um, yeah, there is, a, there or, is, is that, it survivor's guilt? Yeah, is it, yeah like that, what is the nature? That, sh- that sort of, um, that sort of uh, veneer of, of guilt. There's like a little bit, there's guilt there. There's definitely guilt there. Um, which would explain, you know, um, yeah, which would, ex- gosh, I'm still trying to work. I, I love, I just love the way that time works in this poem. I'm just still trying to wrap my brain around it. Um, yeah, because it's like time has, it's like time is moving and time is standing still and um, yeah. Ugh. And I and think the what, poem, oh. go ahead, Jen, go ahead. Um, I don't remember, oh, um, how the poem sort of openly lies to us about where we are in time because yes. the speaker can't know that the boy's gonna die in five days if he's speaking from the present where he's on a park bench where this boy is being dragged um, out of a bar. Um, And so this this contract, this sort of double contract in a lyric poem where it's like, I'm gonna tell you the truest way I know how this truth. And to do that, you must accept that I am flagrantly lying to you about where we are in time. And I've been thinking like just generally about like how place functions and like how it bends time within a poem too, right? Uh Like, because like within the space of the like really long sentence we have gone from before we even get to like the indication Uh of time, right? We've gone from uh, Palm Beach to Laramie, Wyoming, Uh um, which like allows for this like sort of geographic expansiveness. And then I'm like really, I'm particularly interested too in like even the greater specificity of the Flagler Museum and like that line. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that, that also like sort of that like sort of fixes you right in place that suggests sort of like a fixity in time, which like that last line is asking us for, right? Like remain here, like knowing fully well too that like that kind of fixity is like not possible. <laughs> You know, like, and that, that that also feels like it's helping to create some of that ambivalence or some of that um, some of that tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that move to want to stay out in the open at the end is so powerful to me. Um, I don't know if I have anything intelligent to say about it, but it feels 
complicated it's like both like just like stay with me because I like I'm not ready to leave yet but also like a sort of defiance like let's stay where we can be seen uh -huh. but there's also the resonant of like there's nowhere for us to go there's no shelter available like this museum is shut um so it's just like all of that wrapped up in in one and of course supposedly the speaker saying this doesn't know what's happening or do they or is this a speaker talking then to us the reader uh -huh. are they are they even talking to the other man anymore yeah there's there's such a i'm trying to wrap my around my main my mind around saying this uh there's such like a a thrillerness to this poem and like a hauntedness to the poem where like we're anticipating something is going to happen as such as a thriller like it makes you anticipate something and so like when we're reading the beginning right having these two men on the on the bench you're like okay and then there's the other two men that's oblivious i mean that that's who the, the first two men were oblivious to it's like okay and then there's a truck and then there's a boy so you're like you're like anticipating something happening the way a thriller makes you anticipate something happening and then right the thing happened right the the death happens right and so the boy dies and it's like there's a there's then a then a hauntedness also because you know this poem has to be about something right you know it has to be about something either happening to somebody, to this boy, to these men, something has to happen. And, or it's maybe these two men discussing the boy's death in some way, and then and they can't escape the boy's death, right? It's haunting them so much that even though they're sitting on this bench, whether that's in the present time or thinking about this yeah. incident, it, they can't help but talk about it. I think about that all the mm -hmm. time, thinking about, you know, talking to friends about things happening in America, even now, like, we, at some point we're going to discuss black black violence right at some point we're yeah, going to get yeah because it's haunting us so much so like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. about the intimacy between this incident and the intimacy between these two men and how they kind of conflate no matter what no matter where you are you're going to be here so stay mm -hmm. here with me and like let's be in this hauntedness together but yeah that that anticipation of like the way the poem is ordered for us to be like it's coming somehow mm -hmm some way like even the, the the line break between the city and the state is like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like not yet not not yet mm -hmm. it's like dies over five days so it's like it's still all about that anticipation and just mm -hmm. to, to end up getting to the declaration of like stay here like let's just sit here mm -hmm. on this bench you and me or me you the reader and just kind of just be mm -hmm. in this this weird type of feeling. Cause this uh -huh. is a very weird feeling. The poem uh -huh. presents a very weird, like, like celebration of do people, but also there's death on top of that. So like, how do we do that? How do we reconcile with this feeling? We just have to stay here and uh -huh. reconcile with it. Yeah, I love that. I think like, you know, I think like what this poem is like maybe suggesting too, is like the, the context of like, queerness and like queer desire is like this is is Matthew Shepard right is like is like uh, is a story like Matthew Shepard which at the time in the late 90s was like a huge story right that like mm -hmm. of that and came to like symbolize like many other things um and and so like that in addition to your reading too Luther of like maybe the interlude like I think that maybe questions too right like whether the interlude is like 
thinking about sort of is this conversation is like the Matthew Shepard conversation or is the interlude like within the context of like the uh, the politics of like being queer and having queer oh. desire is to like actually just like be in it like and to be in it even with like a beloved in particular like that like the tension between like which one is the interlude is really like so yeah so strong <laughs> my dear it is late okay that my dear it is late yeah, that is that sick. is phenomenal <laughs> that is i i might take that i might yeah. just have to tuck that <laughs> with me somewhere after like such a long sentence to just be like my dear it's late <laughs> it's like oh yeah mm. like i feel like i've been taken out for so long you know like that's the way that <laughs> functions too i feel like i've been out late and even yeah. the, the, the idea even working to like kind of soothe the reader like you had all this and we got it the boy died but my dear <laughs> come on I, I got you we're here together it is late you know, we can't keep doing this to ourselves. We can't keep talking about this. Like, so that that I, that move to comfort the reader is also so so wonderful and so beautiful. This has nothing to do with anything we've been talking about, but fun fact, Spencer <laughs> Reese is an Episcopal priest yes. in Spain. Yes, he's If y'all didn't know. You know, we didn't amazing? know that. He's like this openly gay Episcopal priest in Madrid. <laughs> amazing oh we haven't mentioned how the there are no commas for like the, the people at home who maybe haven't seen this poem on the page in oh, that yeah. first long sentence where you would expect punctuation to be there is not so who start their truck with that boy from the bar inside dragging him in the dark to the fence um all the way until we get to laramie oh, wyoming right. there are no commas so that action just sort of smears together in this like unceasing, you get no breath, you get no break, which to go back to what Luther just said about the my dear being a comfort to the reader too. It's like, okay, I just put you through this, oh. but like, I got you now. And now I have nothing else to say. Any closing thoughts, Tommy? Um, yeah, I think you all said I'm just, I'm, I'm just, yeah, <laughs> I'm speechless. You all are so, I wasn't even thinking about like when you all brought this sort of reversal, of, like maybe the, um, the, the, the interlude is this, is this, um, this moment is the inner, is the interlude to this violence that's happening. Um, that is the actual center of the poem, but um, it makes me think of um, Susan Mitchell again. Um, in her essay, she talks about uh, poems in the, in the 21st century as having um, a sort of working against a kind of phallocentric, this is her words, phallocentric um, uh, sort of biology to uh, what she calls a female biology. That's what she calls it. Um, and what she meant by that was poems that, that are, um, that sort of exist, moving from poems that exist with like one center, 
towards um, towards poems that are like um, multiplicitous and have many centers that keep shifting and changing. Um, that's what's happening. She said, that's what's happening in the 21st century is that we're all writing these poems that have like multiple centers. And I think that, and I think interlude is a great example of that um, as the case mm -hmm. with this conversation. Um, that it has that um, that sort of um, um, it's in flux, which is what I also love about lyric uh, the lyric mode. Um, it's constantly shifting. Um, yeah, um, yeah, man. Those commas, though, like, and I'm also wondering, like. I think about this, like, if if one wasn't familiar with Matthew Shepard and they read this poem, um, would Laramie, Wyoming still have that same weight um, other than just like moving outside of, you know, space and time or whatever um, from Palm, moving us from, from Palm Beach, would it still have that same resonance? Um, and but I think on some level because of because of those commas because of the pacing, um, it sort of slows us down at Laramie and Wyoming with the commas. Um, yeah, um, yeah. It's just a. I love this poem. <laughs> Thank you for letting me bring it. <laughs> Thank you so much for bringing it, and it was so wonderful to hear you read it out loud too. Yeah. It really brought a lot of the sonic pleasure yeah. of this poem and horror of this poem to life. Yeah. Huge, huge shout out to Tommy for coming through our virtual salon. It was such a pleasure. My mind is still reeling. Shout out to Spencer Reese. Shout out to small poems that do big things. Shout out to the Blue Jay that is just chilling outside my window right now. Shout out to all of you that are wearing masks and like taking care of each other. Uh, if you like us so far and want to listen to the rest of season three, uh, rate us and review us five stars on whatever platform you're listening to us to. Send us to um, your mom. Send us to your mom. Yeah. Just let her know that you're listening to us talk about poems and that you love poems. And, you know, it might invite like a really lovely conversation with your mother that you didn't know you needed to have. Then ask her to send us some questions about poems or anything else to the poet salon pod at gmail.com. We love you. And your the world is falling, we can maintain full dinner origami, making crane cranes. Got a thousand wishes on my brain, brain. I
put salt in the water when I'm cooking up the pasta. Trying to keep me quiet, but you know it's gonna cost ya. Cause I cook them proper, redder than a lobster. Go make bait, but my mama was a mobster. You wanna weaponize this? Gonna show you these hands. Gonna take on these streets. Gonna show you who's man's. Cause my crew mob steady. Feddy and spaghetti. Feddy and spaghetti. Feddy in the.